Welcome to Oh My Gosh Geeks, episode 87. 87. Yeah, only uh, like 18 days after the last time. <laughs> Three we weeks did that. after, yeah. Yeah, it's been a busy couple of weeks. Uh, and it's. Yeah, I don't think it's going to slow down, Tom. The Halloween's coming up. Yeah, I the, feel like things are the just best rushing. time of year. I know. Well, I started getting in my scary movies. Uh huh. Me too. I watched. Uh, oh, I'll tell you when yeah, we get we're not there yet, Brad. No, I'm sorry. Who are you? I, who am I? I'm Brad. <laughs> And who are you? I'm Tommy. Yeah, and it's been a while since we've done this, so I'm trying to remember how to do it. Uh-huh. But we are Oh My Gosh Geeks. We are a podcast that talks about geeky things, uh-huh. uh, geeky topics, and things that we just enjoy. Yep. And we have been going through the geek alphabet, so things that we enjoy starting with a specific letter. Yep. And we, this week, are on Tom's favorite letter. L. I don't know if it's my favorite letter. Well, L. what letter do you like better than L? Uh... There you go, favorite. See if you can't think of it, then it's o. your favorite. Oh, is better. No, it's, that's not even true. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing better than O. But so this week we'll be talking about L L's uh, L things. Uh-huh. But we always start off with what it is we have been doing, uh-huh. and we've got like two weeks to talk about stuff that we've been doing. So Tom, did you do anything in the last two weeks? So mostly. The last weekend. <laughs> you so, waited the last... I, I don't remember what I did the couple weeks before that, so I'm not going to talk nothing. about that. You did nothing. I probably played games and watched movies and painted. <laughs> the same thing I always do. Okay. But last weekend, Sophie and I went on a trip down to Zion area. Uh-huh. We rented a little, a tiny house down oh, wow. there. One of those, like, it's made out of, like, a, a shipping container kind of looking thing. That's fun. That was literally, like smaller than the room we're in right now just teeny huh just did it have a kitchen and a bathroom i had i had a bathroom i had two areas for beds so on the far side it had an upstairs like like three steps up it had a platform with a couch and like a tv that was attached to the wall okay and underneath that platform was a bed that okay. had it reminded me of like sleeping in like a camping trailer yeah where like you can't even sit up all the way because the bed's because so close hit to the ceiling yeah right and so on that side, they had that and the other and then they had like a sink in the middle and uh they didn't have like a stove or anything but it was just a sink and I have mini fridge and then like a microwave. Okay. So yeah, do you microwave, microwave everything, and we just, right? We just ate out and oh, okay. got like cereal and stuff. But yeah. And then they had a bathroom on the bottom and then above the bathroom, they had another bed. So it had space for four people. Oh, wow. That's crazy. But it, but it was like a shipping container. It was like a little tiny, tiny house. And it was, it was pretty darn fun. That sounds fun. I wouldn't want to live there for a long period of time. No, no. It was one of those where you're like, hey, if we ever had like a kid have to live in our house while they're going to college, this would be cool to have. Where yeah, you just, just like, put it in the backyard? Yeah. You go live in the uh, the tiny you house. You go live out there in did, the... Did you sleep well in it? No. Part of that was that the mattresses were like just on the floor with the mattresses. Cause right. I wasn't, and part of it was that we were in the middle of nowhere and I don't sleep very well when I don't have... Yeah. My normal familiarity. When you're not set up in your normal yeah, setup. Exactly. But we were far enough out in the middle of nowhere that, yeah, like we could hear coyotes at night and it was like super pitch dark and it was really cool. That sounds fun. I and like, I one like day, that. One day, one day we went to uh, Grafton, a city in Utah that's like a, it's a ghost town, like an old pioneer town. Okay. That all that was left was the, the church slash school and then like three houses. Do people still live there? Anybody? No. Like the anybody. last person, we read through all their stuff. The last person moved out in like 1945 or something oh, wow. like that. And so they, it's just been gone. And then they had like a little cemetery next to it that everybody was buried in. And that was really depressing to see like three brothers died within a week of diphtheria. And oh, like, sad. Yeah, it was really sad. But it was cool to go see because I really like yeah, history like that. History like that. 
And on the way back, we stopped at one of those, my favorite little touristy trap areas. Okay. You know, when you're going on road trips and you stop in and like you walk in, they're all the exact same. You walk in, there's the turquoise jewelry section. Yep. You got there's those. the knife section. Right. There's the, the cowboy hat section. section. Yep. <laughs> and then they usually have like books. Books and then like an ice cream uh, parlor. Oh, yeah, sure. Sometimes they make cookies. Uh huh. And so we stopped at one of those, which was awesome. They had like a little ghost town set out in the front with like a petting zoo that we went out and petted some animals out there and then they had like a fake uh, saloon and like a house of ill repute wow and like a sheriff's office so it was pretty cool so it was kind of like going to knott's berry farm uh but way less exciting <laughs> it was it was really fun i really like those little tours trap it's one did of those they have a volcano no they did oh, not have a volcano yeah, they did have sheep Sheep and it's not nearly as cool as a volcano and, and donkeys. If they would have had sheep shooting out of the volcano, that'd be pretty. Then sweet. you would talk me into it. I would go. That'd be pretty. Sweet. Volcano sheep are my favorite. But on this trip, I got in. I watched a couple scary movies. Okay. I watched one called VHS. I've seen the cover, of which that. is probably one of the scariest movies I've seen in a long time. Really? Yeah. So it's a it's a found footage one, but it's like it has four was it three or four found footage like sections. And all surrounded, like, it's an anthology, I guess is what you call it. So there's three <laughs> different stories wrapped okay. in a, another big all story. All in one movie? All in one movie. And it's it a is, single anthology uh-huh. in one movie? In one movie. So each of them, it was like a, each section was like 20 minutes. So it's like three or four 20 movie, 20 minute mini sections. Oh, wow, that's crazy. All wrapped up in one. And all yeah. of them were pretty uh, spooky. found footage and pretty spooky. And Did they tie together at the end? Not really. The whole, like the wraparound story is there. there's a bunch of guys breaking into a house looking for a VHS. And so they have to watch these sp- spooky VHS tapes. So it was, <laughs> it was a really dumb premise. But uh, I think part Thief. of the reason it was so scary is we were in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And I'm watching them. Yeah. And Sophie, the, where we were sleeping, they only had one plug on the wall on my side. Right. So Sophie had her phone plugged in over there and, and she had a really long cord to wrap around to her side. Right. And I just, I laid on the cord wrong and unplugged her phone. Uh-huh. And so I'm like watching this scary movie and her phone gets unplugged and all of a sudden I just look up and Sophie's face is just right over the top of mine. Like she's not even trying to scare me. Yes. But her face is just coming over the top of mine. She's like, hey, you unplugged my phone and it scared the crap out of me. That's awesome. It was so scary. Good for Sophie. Yeah. I feel like she should do that more often. It was, but it, that one, I, I would recommend it to people if you're not, like, it was very, it was scary and very, very hard R. Like, oh, okay. lots of language, lots of, like, blood and lots of... Guts? Yeah. Was it leggy? Very leggy, yeah. Okay. And then the other one I watched is not as leggy. It's called <laughs> the Poughkeepsie Tapes. Okay, Poughkeepsie Tapes. Poughkeepsie Tapes. And this one is a, it's a... Another found footage? Yeah, it's not, it's not scary. It's more psychological thriller like uh tense okay yeah and it's 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 like a mockumentary i don't know if mockumentary is the right word because that makes it sound funny yeah but a mockumentary on like if you watch like the crime channel or those ones where they have like hey here's the story of john wayne gacy and here's it was like that but it was about a fictional serial killer that they found that he had taped all of his crimes and then they found all his tapes and they had to watch through them to try to figure out who it was oh wow and it was, it's pretty disturbing. It yeah. sounds disturbing. That one I would recommend. I like that this is what you watch. Yeah. That one I'd recommend if you're really into like the true crime podcasts and stuff. Okay. It's, it, it, it reminded me a lot of those kind of shows, but like creepier because it's not real. Right. Which probably should make it less creepy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's more creepy. Yeah. But I, I really enjoyed that one. Good. So those, that's the what Poughkeepsie, I've been doing. Poughkeepsie, what was it? Poughkeepsie tapes. Poughkeepsie tapes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Well, the only scary movie I really watched was I started watching The Stand. Uh huh. The, the 1994 classic with uh, with uh, Rob Lowe uh-huh. and Gary Sinise, Gary Sinise and Molly Ringwald yep. and like 500 other people. Yeah. And that, that movie is a delight. Yeah. It's pretty cheesy um, and it's super long because it was a TV series. But man, every time I watch it, I'm like, this is such a good movie. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy this. And it's that Stephen King book where it's the story of... The super flu that goes around and kills everybody and ends the world, which is, you know, during COVID, that's like all you could think was, oh, no, this is the uh, Captain Trips. Uh And so this seemed like a good Good, year to watch. Good thing we already lived pretty close to Colorado then. Yeah. So we could. Yeah, we wouldn't have to walk very far. We wouldn't have to go very far. Yeah. We'd be like halfway between Colorado and Vegas. If there's still farther than I could walk, though, I probably would have died. (laughs) But (laughs) it was fun. Uh, I started playing The Witcher 3. Uh Uh-huh. Uh, have we talked about me playing this? I don't think so. So I played The Witcher 3 initially when it came out in 2015, I uh-huh. think is when it came out. And I haven't touched it since then. And um, Tom, it's one of your favorite games. It's my favorite game of all time. It's your very favorite game. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I should probably try to beat that. And it's been very good. It sucked me right in. Good. I've played lots of it. Just pre- prepared. It's like two hour, 200 hours long. Yeah. Well, I'm on hour like uh, five. Yeah, and you. So you're probably not even past like the intro map. No, I'm past the intro there, map. There's three maps. There's that one, a big huge one, and another big huge one full of islands. Yeah, and I have been to all three. Okay, so I'm more than five. So hours you're, you're you're pretty good into it. Yeah, I've been playing a while. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing that has this fictional card game in it. Yeah, Gwent. It's awesome. It's called Gwent. I really like Gwent. You can get. They have a like iPad version of it. You can get. Yeah, and is it any good? It's the exact same game. Oh, it would be fun. Yeah, Gwent is a fictional card game that you play again. I mean, it's like very well written where Uh you have to fill up three lines of uh, cards and try to get a higher score than the person on the other side. Yeah. Um, And each card does something different. And they make it pretty hard. Some of them are pretty hard in that game to beat. But I've really, really enjoyed Gwent. Um, The the funny thing about that game in in The Witcher is like the toughest cards are like Geralt and his friends. Yeah. So like... So he's playing the game, and, his, and he's on the game. And he's in the game. Like yeah. how, how weird would that be to be like, hey, I'm the strongest card in yeah, this game? Yeah, I feel like that if you are the person on the card, mm-hmm. you should get one of those cards right off the Automatically, bat. Automatically, right? Because I still don't have the his card. Yeah. I have a lot of the other people's cards, but not his. But I've really enjoyed it. It's been it's yeah. been fun. I've liked that Gwent, one quite a bit. Gwent uh, got me pretty good when I played it, too. It's one of those that you have to get so many cards and beat so many people to get a trophy, too, if I remember right. Yeah. Well, and then after a while, when you get enough cards, it's, it's more fun. Yeah. So um, other than that, I've been – I traveled. I went to the San Francisco. Mm-hmm. I went to the New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a delight. And the only reason I mentioned New Orleans is because for the letter L today, one nice. of my topics has to do with New Orleans. I hope it's haunted. It's not haunted. No, that doesn't start with I'll L I'll save that. Uh, I have haunted ones that I'll do, uh, I think, for V because there's a lot of voodoo. Okay, yeah. And yeah. Uh, we heard a lot of vampire stories. But today nice. is not haunted. Awesome. So let's jump in to what we want to talk about today. Well, I have a quiz that I'm going to call the L quiz because we're talking about L's. Okay. So I have a, a, a questions about the least, the last, the least amount, or the littlest <laughs> Least, last, least, or littlest. So it's all going to be L things that you're going to have to answer questions about. So I'm going to start off with an easy one for you. Okay. Am I going to get it? Yeah. Okay. Which Beatles sang the least amount of songs? Uh, Ringo. Ringo. 
Yeah, but some of my favorite ones. He's saying yeah. some of my very favorite ones. My Octopus's Garden. Yeah, I love yeah. that one. I get by with a little help from my friends. So he sang a total of 11 songs with the band. Yeah, boys. George was the next with 22. Yeah, and George kind of, he had to write his own stuff, I feel yeah. like. I feel like Ringo, at the very beginning, they were like, we got to get Ringo to sing. And so uh-huh. they wrote stuff for Ringo and gave it to Ringo. Yeah. On occasion, he'd help. But I feel like George was like, hey, I'm just going to write my own stuff. And some of it's wacky at yeah. the beginning. All right. Who is more little, so shorter, Tom Cruise or Tom Holland? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, Cruise. Cruise. He's 5'7". Tom Holland is 5'8". Oh, yeah. Tom Holland's a monster. Uh Huge. He's ginormous. (laughs) The battle of the Toms. (laughs) We're going to keep some more Toms coming. Okay. Who has appeared in the least amount of movies, Tom Hanks or Tom Cruise? Oh, wow, that's a tough one. Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. He's been in about 53. So the internet's very, very sketchy when you look up how many movies they've been in. Because some of them say at least 53. Some of them say more or less than that. Yeah. So I just went with the one that I saw the most. I guess it probably defines, uh, or you have to define what it means to be in a, in a movie. movie right? Like a cameo or yeah. like a voice. If or, you appeared as yourself. Yeah. Or, yeah. So Cruise was about 53 and Tom Hanks was about 85. Oh, wow. Uh, what permanent color of M&M's was added in last Last, uh, green. No, blue. Blue. Oh, it was blue. Yeah. So in 1995, they had a like a competition or sadly, a, a, I think a I remember this. Yeah. They replaced tan. Yeah. And which who wants to tan was fine. Well, they have brown and tan, which are like the exact same. Yeah, but they kind of all matched each other because you had the yellow, the brown, uh-huh. and the tan and the yeah. green, and yeah. it all it was aesthetically pleasing. Yep. And then they added in blue. That just doesn't even fit. It fits. And then they have had like their seasonal colors, but blue is the last permanent color to be in there. Added. All right. Which series has less movies? The Land Before Time or Friday the 13th? Oh, Land Before Time is my guess. The Land Before Time has more. So Friday the 13th only has 12. Land Before Time has 14. That's ridiculous. And the last one was released in like 2014. Yeah. And how many of those have we seen? Uh, one. Yeah. <laughs> Friday the thirteenth. You've seen all, but we're gonna stick with Jason here for a second. Oh, still good. Too. Who has killed less people, John Wick or Jason Voorhees? Less. Less people. Uh, Jason Voorhees. Yeah, Jason Voorhees. He's only John Wick kills so many people. Out of his twelve movies, Jason has killed one hundred and sixty-three people. John Wick, with his three movies, has killed three hundred and six. Yeah, I feel like he kills at least that many each movie. <laughs> so they actually so they had a list: eighty-four in the first movie, okay, ninety-four in the second, and one hundred and twenty-eight in the third. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah. Which has less sugar per can: a can of Coke or a can of Dr Pepper? Less sugar. Less sugar. Oh, they both have so much. Um, These ones are, it's it's close on this one. I'm going to guess Dr. Pepper's less sugar. It's Coke. Coke has 39 grams and Dr. Pepper has 40 grams of sugar per can. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah that's so they're both just tons of sugar. Mostly sugar. Yeah, basically. Okay. Who has less number one hits, the Beatles or Michael Jackson? Less number one hits? Less number one hits. Oh, man. Probably the Beatles. Uh, Michael Jackson, he had 13. The Beatles had 20 that hit number one. They had 20? Mm-hmm. That's why they're the best band of all time. Right. What was Michael Jackson's last number one? Uh, it was in 1996, uh, and it's kind of a ballad. Uh, the Girl and whatever that one's called. Uh, you Are Not Alone. You Are Not Alone is his last his one? His last one. His last solo number one hit. It was in 97? 96. Yeah. 96. What was the Beatles' last number one? 1970. Uh, let It Be? Uh, the Long and Winding Road. Oh, that's such a good song. Yep. Okay. 
This one, this one might be a, uh, this one's going to be pretty tough, actually. I got it. Which team won the least on Legends of the Hidden Temple? Uh, the Blue Lizards. Uh, the Blue Lizards. <laughs> is that what it is? It's no. A blue something. It's the Orange Iguanas. Oh, the Orange Iguanas. Were the worst team. They only had a success rate of 16%. That's what I meant. And the best team were the Silver Snakes. Where they won thirty one thirty eight per one uh thirty eight point one percent of the time. Really? I wonder why. Did yeah. they just like the silver snakes so they're like, put that big kid over in the silver snakes? I have snakes. no idea. What about the red one? They did pretty good. Uh the only ones other ones that it talks about on this is the green monkeys were second most wins, and then the purple parrots were the oh, third. Okay. And then orange like, iguanas were the worst. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wanted to be an orange iguana. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows the first man to walk on the moon. Okay. Who is the last man to walk on the moon? The last man to walk on the moon. Uh, I have no idea. Eugene Cernan. No, nobody knows that name. In 1972, there's actually, I saw there was a movie called The Last Man on the Moon or something like that really? about his time it was, on there. Nobody's walked on the moon since 1972. That's he, crazy. Last man to walk on the moon, leaving behind only his footprints and his daughter's initials. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Which is weird because they're still there, right? I mean. Yeah. Like there's no yeah, there's atmosphere, no so atmosphere, so it just stays. So it just be there forever. Yep. All right. Here's my one sports question. Good oh, luck. Oh, good. I've got this Good one. luck. Uh, the yellow iguanas. Close. Over the past 20 years, yep. so 2002 to 2022, okay. which NFL team has least, has the least amount of wins? Uh, the Browns. <laughs> exactly. The Cleveland Browns. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I just wanted to put this one here in here because my team that I used to cheer for, the Lions, everybody says it's the worst. But it's really the Browns? They have four more wins than the Browns do. Uh, yeah. The Browns have won 108 out of 321 games, and the Lions were 112. <laughs> if we were to do who's won the least amount of uh, fantasy football games this year, I, I would win that You'd one. You'd be on that one? Yeah, I would, I, I've got zero well, for yeah, three. You, you got a sports question right. That's pretty good. <laughs> hey, I, I see. I figured you would because it's the one team we both know. <laughs> uh-huh. It's the one I always say, the Browns. <laughs> Who has less bones in their body, a human or a dog? Oh, man, uh, a dog. A human. A human has 206 bones. Dogs have between 319 and 321, depending on how long their tail is. Oh, well, they're cheating. They've so they got have, that extra appendage. They have like 100 more bones than we do, which yeah, is that's crazy. crazy. Where do they put them all? As in, their, in their bodies. <laughs> <laughs> they just store them in there? Uh-huh. That's crazy. All right. Which has less words, the Bible or the Lord of the Rings series, including The Hobbit? Uh, the Bible. The Bible. Yeah. So the King James Version has 783,000 words. And The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings has 576,000 words. 576,000 words. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Okay. Which has less episodes, The Simpsons or all of the Naruto series? Oh, wow. That's that's crazy. It's uh, a close one on this the one. The Naruto probably. It does. So Naruto has 720 episodes between the original and then the Shippuden series. Yeah. And Simpsons have 729 as of today. That's crazy. So, so they're they're just gonna keep building. Do only, you think both of them will build more? I don't. I think are they gonna make more Naruto? I have no idea. I don't know either. Okay, here's one for our our uh, mom and sisters. You ready? Yeah. Which one has had less contestants, Survivor or Big Brother? Uh, Big Brother. Big Brother. Big Brother only had 316 contestants over its series, and then Survivor has 626 it's people. Double. Double. 
Wow, that's crazy. I wonder why. It's just more seasons? I, I, cause they, they have more people in each season? I think I they know. have more people per season, and I think they do do a longer Big Brother season. I think they do like two Survivor seasons a year, basically. Yeah, they're just doing them all the time. It's all over the place. What is the littlest country on Earth? Uh, uh, Latvia. Is that what it is? No. The, the Vatican. Oh, the Vatican. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay, and last question. You ready? Yes. What is the last Ernest movie? Uh, it goes to Africa. Close. There's one more after that. Uh, it goes to school. <laughs> in the Army. In the Army was the last one? Yeah, so there's 10 Ernest movies in total. The first one is Dr. Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam, which was <laughs> 1986. Dr. Otto yeah. and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam? And then Ernest you goes... You just made that up. <laughs> Ernest goes to camp. Ernest saves Christmas. Ernest goes to jail. Ernest scared stupid. Ernest rides, rides again. Ernest goes to school. Slam dunk Ernest. Ernest goes to Africa. And Ernest in the Army. Uh, can you still watch the first one, Doctor Gloom and the Doctor Otto and the Riddle of the Gloom Beam? The, I have no idea. I gotta find that one. Yeah, well, you should look that up because I've only seen what three of these movies. Uh, yeah, I mean, I've seen what well, go to Christmas Chris, camp. Yeah, uh, goes to jail. So four, I've seen four. And what's the other one I've seen? Scared, scared stupid. stupid. And I, I got to go find the other ones because I, I like. Own, I, I own some of the other ones. Oh yeah, I got to steal them because I really like Ernest. He makes me laugh. Yeah, well, he makes everybody laugh. And it's getting to the time again where I can make my kids watch Ernest Scared Stupid. That's Ernest's job is to make people laugh. Uh huh. He fills the world with joy. It's very true. Write that down. I've, you should make a T-shirt. Ernest parentheses joy. <laughs> <laughs> I'd buy it. I'd buy it. All right, Tom. Okay. We talked about uh, my my trip to New Orleans. Yep. And we went to a park in New Orleans. They have a park that's dedicated to a very famous person. Lafayette. Uh, a person that came from New Orleans. Uh, He's uh, somebody you'll know. Uh, famous for playing the trumpet. Oh, Louis Armstrong. Louis Armstrong. Yeah. And I didn't know it, but they have a park that like it's the Louis Armstrong Park in nice. the middle of New Orleans. So we went on a ghost tour in New Orleans. Was Louis there? No, but where we met up to meet with Louie was, or meet, uh, <laughs> we didn't meet with him. He wasn't a ghost. I promise. Uh, no, to meet with the guy who was taking us on the tour was at Louis Armstrong Park. Nice. It made me think of how much I really like Louis Armstrong. Uh-huh. And uh, so I wanted to get some information about him. And do you know anything about Louis Armstrong? Hey, he plays the trumpet. That's what you got? That's real, about what I had too. Real good. I know that I like a lot of his music. Uh-huh. He was in a lot of uh, movies in the past. Okay. So his full name is Louis Louis Daniel Armstrong, and do you know his nickname? L- Louis <laughs> <laughs> Louis Armstrong. <laughs> they used to call him Satchmo, or Satch, and sometimes Pops. You want to guess why Satchmo? I have no idea. I had no idea either, so I had to look it up. But it was from when he was a kid. They used to call him Satchel Mouth because the satchel's like one of those doctor bags uh-huh. that you open up. He just and has it's a, got a huge big mouth. Huge he mouth. had a yeah to his wide grin. Huh. They call him Satchel Mouth because of his wide grin. So if you look at Louis Armstrong, they call him Satchmo. They came up with better nicknames back in the I day. I know. Isn't that a great nickname? Now everybody gets the same nickname. Yeah. Like what are they T-bone even doing? Yeah. And, uh, That's it. Everybody's just called T-Bone. <laughs> basically. <laughs> That's the only nickname. Everybody gets the same nicknames anymore, though. Yeah. So I, I would like to... Um, we should up our nickname game. Okay. Um, but Armstrong, he, he thought he claimed he was born in 1900. Uh, but various documents, notably a baptismal record, show that he was born in 1901. 
Which is funny that he <laughs> he's like and it was just a, it was easier to remember nineteen <laughs> hundred. Well, the reason being is he grew up in in just dire poverty. Uh-huh. I mean, he was as poor as dirt in uh, New Orleans, and the place he blew grew up in was nicknamed the battlefield. Okay, because it's just I mean, it was just a very poor part of town. And his mom was a sixteen year old. Uh, her name was Mary Ann Albert, and his father was her boyfriend Willie Armstrong. Uh, but the problem was, is Willie left Mary Ann only weeks after Louis's birth. So Louis was placed in the care of his grandmother, Josephine Armstrong, which is kind of sad. Mm-hmm. I mean, he didn't really ever know his dad. Yeah. Um, and just, just, just poor. So Josephine, but he, she would bring in money doing laundry for white families, uh, but struggled to keep food on the table because she got paid so little for work. Um, so he didn't have any toys when he grew up and not very many clothes. And he was barefoot most of the time. But despite that, uh, I love this about his grandma. She made sure that his her grandson went to school and church every mm-hmm. every day for school and every week for church. It's awesome. Isn't that great? Yeah. She's like, I don't care how much we have. You're going to church and you're going to school. It seems like a very good grandma. Uh, as a child, he worked at odd jobs and he sang in a boys' quartet. He also found a second home among the Karnofskys. So we, we we went on a uh, a tour when we were in New Orleans, and they took us around all of the different graveyards mm-hmm. of New Orleans, a bunch of different ones. And the Karnofskys are actually buried there. They're a Jewish family that that took in Louis Armstrong and were kind of like his second second home. Mm-hmm. Um, they're Lithuanian Jewish, and they hired him to do odd jobs for their peddling business. But he treated them so well, or they treated him so well that they they gave him food, they gave him money. And they bought his first instrument, a $5 cornet, which he wouldn't play the trumpet until 1926. But if you look at Louis Armstrong as a sign of his gratitude for this family, he always wore a Star of David around his neck. And it's not because he was Jewish. It's because he appreciated super cool. them so much for doing that. But I only learned this because we went on that graveyard yeah. tour and that's the, the lady told us about that. I was like, I had never that's heard super that. super interesting. Isn't that cool? Uh-huh. Um, so he spent his youth singing on the street for trying to make some money. Um, he didn't get any formal musical training until he was 11. But the way he got his musical training was he was arrested for firing a pistol in the street during a 1912 New Year celebration. So it was 1912 turning 1913. Mm-hmm. Um, and because he fired a pistol in the middle of the street, he had to go to a detention facility called the the Colored Waifs Home for Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where he and music got married. That's a quote from him. He said, <laughs> that's, that's where I got married. Uh, music and me got married. He had to spend 18 months in this home for uh, boys. Just for shooting a gun in the air? For shooting a gun in the air. That's, and uh, during a New Year's. seems harsh. New Year's. I know. For New Year's because if yeah. that's the law, and we had a lot of people in California <laughs> need to go to prison. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he was there. in like a busy area and shot the gun in uh-huh. the air, but still that seems a little like, all right, you're going away for a year and a half. Um, but that's that's where he went. But it was actually a really good thing for him because it, it, he learned to play the bugle um, from Peter Davis and the cornet. And Peter Davis was this uh, music teacher at this the, this home for boys, mm-hmm. and eventually he became a star performer in the brass band for this That's this awesome. house for delinquent boys. Um, when he returned home, he delivered coal during the day and spent his nights in local dance halls listening to music. And he became friends with Joe King Oliver, which I think is a cool name. His nickname mm-hmm. was King, um, who was a leading cornet player, and he ran errands for him in return for cornet lessons. <laughs> so he just learned to love. Yeah, just music and the, yeah, in in this home where he, that's what 
right? It, it kind of turned his life around yeah. that he went to this place and started playing the cornet. Um, so when the U.S. entered the war in 1917, Armstrong was too young to be drafted, but the war did, it helped him out because a lot of the saver, uh, the sailors that were stationed in New Orleans became, uh, they either went to war or they became victims of violent crime in the Storyville district and the secretary of the Navy shut down the district, um, all the brothels and clubs so people <laughs> wouldn't go there. Mm-hmm. And so because a large number of the musicians had to move to find work, they would hire this young guy to come in and play in mm-hmm. the, the places that still Just had nobody else to do. They it. had nobody else to do it because of the violence that was happening in new Orleans as well as the <laughs> world war two. And one. so he, Oh, world war one, yeah. sorry, world war one. And so he found himself in demand as a cornet player, <laughs> which is weird that that's how he world war one yeah. helped him out. Um, Impressed by Armstrong's natural t- talent, there was a band conductor named Fate Marble that hired him to play in the Riverboat Band. So he would go up and down the riverboat on the Mississippi River, mm-hmm. just kind of like you see in like Princess and the Frog yeah. and things like that, where they have the bands that yeah. they hang out. That was Louis Armstrong. That's kind of how he got his training after the playing in the <laughs> the brothels and places like that was on the riverboats, and he did that for three years. And he was held to really high standards and lots of discipline, so it made him a really good musician. And he also, on the boats, learned to read music for the first time. So he couldn't because even he read music. Because he was doing it before from ear and stuff. Uh-huh, yeah. Before then, he learned how to read it. Then in 1922, which was a year after Armstrong quit, quit the riverboats, he didn't do that anymore, uh, his friend, that King Oliver, asked him to come to Chicago and join his Creole jazz band, where Armstrong played the second cornet. So it's kind of cool, though, because jazz was starting right around then, too. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of like in on the ground floor. There were some yeah. guys before him. The older guys were kind of inventing jazz, but it wasn't a big thing. So he was one of the main guys that kind of got in there or really making jazz cool. Yeah. Which is great. Louis Armstrong, if you ever listen to him, his jazz sounds awesome. And his voice is one of my favorite. He's just got such a deep, gravelly voice. Mm-hmm. Through Oliver, though, when he was there in Chicago playing, he met this. Uh, he met a girl named Lil Harden, who was a classically trained jazz pianist from Mem- Memphis, and he married her. Um, he, he was actually the second person that Louis married. He married another a prostitute named Daisy Parker before that, but they were divorced in 1921 when he went to go play in Chicago. And so while 19, in 1925, Armstrong then went to New York to start playing, and uh, his wife, Lil Harden, went behind his back and inked a deal with Chicago's Dreamland Cafe to make him a featured act. <laughs> so his wife was like, you got to do more than this, and, and signed him up to be uh-huh. featured at this place and one of the things she said was he wanted the, him to be billed as the world's best trumpet player or the world's greatest trumpet player uh-huh. and so that's uh, he was now top of <laughs> played there every he's known as yeah. world's greatest trumpet player armstrong didn't love the idea at first he didn't like that kind of thing he seems like he was a pretty humble guy mm-hmm. um, but it turned out to be a really good move because a few days later after he arrived back in back in chicago they actually recorded his first recordings between 1925 and 1928. He and his backup band went on to cut several dozen records that introduced the world to his improvisational trumpet solos and trademark scat singing. That's awesome. So he signed, they recorded it, and that's what introduced the world to him as they, they started recording it. And then in the late 1930s, band leaders such as Duke Ellington and Benny Goodman, they propelled jazz into the mainstream. Like I said, he was kind of there at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this is what ushered in the swing music era. This is when swing music became big. Armstrong, he started playing in that. And he got famous enough that he started a film career 
in the 30s because he'd made such good known music, well-known music over the last decade. Um, he hadn't hit star status because he, he was he was a black man, mm-hmm. and in the 30s that was not a just impossible. Yeah, yeah. I mean he was huge, mm-hmm. but like he, in the movies, if you watch him, they're super sad. Like he's always got like a bit part, mm-hmm. or like I watched there's a Betty Boop movie with him in it, and he's he's awesome in it. He sings in it, but like his cartoon face is not the kind of cartoon yeah. face you could draw nowadays. It was very stereotypical and kind of sad. That Betty Boop cartoon from 32 is called I'll Be Glad When You're Dead, You Rascal You. Mm-hmm. And it's named after his song. So the whole thing is him singing in the background. Uh-huh. And then Betty Boop like Betty running Boop's away from yeah. Yeah, African tribesmen. Mm-hmm. It's, it's crazy. But his song and it's amazing. By the late 1940s, large bands were falling out of favor because they, uh, they were too expensive. Yeah, It was expensive to hire a whole band full of people. But Armstrong formed a six-piece group called Louis Armstrong and the All-Stars, and they started playing in New York Town Hall in 1947. Uh, Throughout the 50s, he made 11 more movies. He's got a lot of, I mean, if if you ever watch like Hello, Dolly and all those, Mm -hmm. Louis and all those, it's great. Uh, He also toured Japan and Africa with the All-Stars and started recording his first singles. The other, there's a couple more things I found interesting. Um, In 1957, he was not very vocal on race relations mm-hmm. up until 57 and then the segregation of black students with, with the little rock nine if you've ever yeah heard of that he actually spoke up on that and it was a big deal if you look it up it's in the news all yeah. over that louis armstrong had said this isn't okay mm-hmm. and he called out president eisenhower he said he was two-faced and had no guts for not stepping in and then he declared he would no longer play um any u.s government sponsored tours <laughs> because he was supposed to go to the soviet union and play because he was well loved yeah and it was a huge sensation i mean i, I looked it up and there was all kinds of like good for him standing up yeah for him, though. i think so too i mean yeah. he had the platform a lot of people would call him awful things on both sides because yeah. he wanted to stay out of yeah you want to be neutral and he tried to be neutral but on this one i think it's great that he did step in um armstrong later said of his decision to speak out i think i have a right to get sore and say something about it couple more things. During the Cold War in the late 1950s, the U.S. State Department developed a program to send jazz musicians and other entertainers on goodwill tours to improve America's overseas image, like we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was already known as Ambassador Satch because he'd been going so to, on so many so concerts often, for yeah. the U.S. military and to help people out. Um, but in 1960, he became an official cultural diplomat after he took off a, on a three-month State Department-sponsored trip across Africa. So he just went, it says he took that continent by storm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he went to Ghana, um, 100,000 people in Ghana came out to see him. And there was like frenzied demonstrations of how excited they were to see him. Um, when he'd blow his horn, it was, it was huge. Um, so it, they just, they loved him there. I mean, yeah. because he was this American famous, right? I mean, yeah. black guy that yep. everybody loved. Uh, in nineteen, in late 1930s, Armstrong and his All-Stars recorded the title track for an upcoming musical called Hello, Hello Dolly. Have you ever seen that movie? Yeah. That's a great movie. Of course. I'm married to Sophie. It's like, I think that's one of her very favorite very movies. Favorite. Yeah. And it became a runaway hit. They didn't expect much from it. Mm-hmm. But uh, Hello Dolly, his recording soared to the top of the charts and that displaced two songs by the Beatles, who are the uh, the height of their popularity, popularity in 63. And he was 62. Mm-hmm. So at 62, Armstrong became the oldest musician in American history to have a number one song. Hmm. It's also interesting. He's, I mean, what song do you most know from Louis Armstrong? 
Mm, I honestly probably Hello Dolly just because it's the one I've heard the most. Okay. The one that most people I think know is uh, It's a Wonderful World. Yeah. And that one was recorded in 1967, which was just four years before his death. So it wasn't huge when he died. He didn't know that it was going to be as big as as it is. is. Yeah. It didn't really make a comeback until 1987 when it was included in the soundtrack of Good Morning Vietnam. Mm. And that's what made it huge. And it shot up to number 33 on the Billboard charts. And since then, it's become like the signature tune. And the last thing, this year, 2022, on October 28th, for the first time ever, Louis Armstrong's Christmas hits have been compiled into a special holiday album called Louis Wishes You a Cool Yule. Um, and it will be released that day on the 28th. So for the first cool. time ever, you can buy just, just his, yeah, all his That's Christmas awesome. songs on the 28th. So there you go. Cool. I thought he was a very fascinating. I yeah, mean, that was really interesting. What a cool guy. Yeah. I've never really thought about Louis Armstrong. I just listen to a lot of his, of his music and think mm-hmm. how good it is. But, yep. So. All right. Let's end up with our uh, our top L. Top fours. Yeah. What do you got? And so I have, like I said, my L's are were hard for me just because there's a lot of L things I like apparently. My, my top movie though is Leprechaun. Okay. Probably number three. Okay. Which is the one where they go to Vegas. Yep. Uh, but uh, just any, like Warwick Probably Davis is just, is the best. <laughs> you and your crappy movie. Right, exactly. <laughs> your so, favorite. Leprechaun 3. They go to yeah. Vegas and Warwick Davis is amazing in it. Yeah, that's, uh, I like that it's 3 even. It's not, uh-huh. it's not just. Uh, <laughs> not the first one. The first one's not great. It's, uh, you got, <laughs> None the, of them are good. The second one's not great. Well, the second one's okay. The third one's where they hit the stride. <laughs> And then Leprechaun, Leprechaun in the Hood and in the Hood 2 or Back to the Hood. Those yeah. ones are pretty good. And then Leprechaun in Space, not great. That makes sense. Okay. So I, number three is I'm the peak, questioning. peak Leprechaun. <laughs> All right. My favorite video game. This one was the hard one because I have multiples. Yes. So I have my, my two uh, honorable mentions are Legend of Lagaya. Oh, yeah. You love that game. And then League You're of Legends. You're the only one that loves that game. Yeah. I'm the only one that even knows what that game is. Yeah. But it's a it's a RPG where you basically um, you try to save the world, and you have like these little like uh, gauntlets guys on your arm. They're like uh, <laughs> um, not not amoebas, like they're like viruses <laughs> on your arm. Basically, they the virus fighting game. They they're like yeah. But anyway, but my <laughs> my top one, my number one L game is Legend of like Legend of Dragoon. Okay, which was released at about the same time that. Final Fantasy VII came out and was completely overshadowed by Final Fantasy VII. Yes. But this one has always had a, had a good place in my heart. Okay. Legend of Dragoon. That makes sense. All right. My favorite character slash actor, LeVar Burton. Oh, that's a good one. LeVar's great. With a, I've uh, seen him. With an honorable mention for Leonardo, the uh, Ninja Turtle. <laughs> 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 well, I, I'm sure LeVar Burton's fine to share, uh, to share that spot with Leonardo. Yeah. And then my favorite band is the Lonesome Trio, which is Ed Helms' uh, oh, bluegrass okay. band. Fun. Yeah, pretty good. good. So one. top four, Leprechaun 3, Legend of Dragoon, LeVar Burton, and the Lonesome Trio. That's good. So I also, I have four, but one honorable mention. And okay. it's the same honorable mention as League of Legends. League of Legends. Yeah. We've been playing League of Legends for... Like eight, nine years now. Nine years uh, weekly. Uh-huh. So it should be on a... <laughs> I probably put more time into that video game than... Almost any other game. Yeah, the only one that would be even closer, probably like World of World Warcraft. War, yeah, that's what I was thinking. But yeah, um, but the actual game I want to name is Legend of Zelda. Okay, yeah, and that's the the whole series. Not even the best Legend of Zelda, which is uh, Link to the Past is probably my favorite. <laughs> but 
I love all of them. Yeah, I love that, that. I know you don't love Legend of Zelda. You like that uh, Dark Souls, Dark Souls, Dark, or Dark Dark uh, Cider. Cider, yeah, Dark but, Ciders yeah, is love, my favorite. I love Legend of Zelda. Okay, then I've got Last Unicorn, which is the most depressing movie ever. That's made. a great movie. Okay, it's uh, it's got all kinds. You're of You're making stuff fun in of it. Minecraft, Leprechaun. You come up with the, the Last, Last Unicorn? Unicorn is a delight. Oh man, you don't get Wait to till judge my movie. movies anymore. <laughs> How about the Labyrinth? That's a good one. I, I can see that one. That probably should have made my top four, actually. Elaborate. Yeah, that one's amazing. Yeah. I love those movies. Here's the thing. I grew up in the 80s, too. The yeah. Last Unicorn was a, a staple in yeah. our house. So was The Labyrinth. So yeah. And then my last one, uh, a band, Led Zeppelin. Led Zeppelin. Love me some Led Zeppelin. I had I had Led Zeppelin maybe on mine and then uh, Leonard Skinner, but Lonesome Trio is the one I actually listen to the most right. out of those ones. I listen to a lot of Zeppelin. Yeah. So Well, thanks, Tom. What are we going to talk about next week? Uh, M's. M's. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, Mickey Mouse. Uh, Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> Probably not that. <laughs> That's just another M1. To no one knew it's going to be murders. <laughs> Murder and, uh, and uh, something with wrestling. Oh, Mr. Man. Perfect. Yeah. We might talk about Mr. Perfect. That might be good. <laughs> <laughs> so join us then. Yep, see you later. Bye.